I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Feel Good Friday, our weekly segment where we dive into the weird and wild news in the world of health. This week, ADHD hoarders, fan fiction to the extreme, good boys keep the dementia away, and a thunderous miracle. Oh, yeah, baby. Let's do it. Let's go. Sounds like a lot to get through. It does, and you have a hard out at 120, <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's we're gonna power have to, through these. We're going to have to plow right through it. All of the content. That's it. Um, <sighs> oh, Daddy's got the content. Guys, this is, it's like um, on the day that this is going to come out, it's like it's Christmas break time. That's it, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Christmas break time is starting right now. We are going into the weekend. The holiday time is right around the corner. If you celebrate Christmas, maybe you don't. But if you don't, I mean, it's a holiday time for if a you lot don't, of different celebrations. There's a fuckload of Christians taking time off. So like the world's kind <laughs> yeah. of pausing for a yeah. minute, you know? So yeah. everybody should just jump on that off. train for sure. Uh, shout out to all of, because we have a lot of health, uh, healthcare practitioners who listen to the show. Shout out to all of the healthcare practitioners who are working over the holidays. They don't work on the holidays, dude. People, no, dude, hospitals, uh, healthy yeah, pause. and happy and to deal with the shit that other people don't want to do but you do it because you're amazing what are you talking we about you. every it's christmas everybody takes who are you time off at? on christmas i'm looking at you the viewer what where are you looking? you over there on youtube watching this i hope you ju- i hope you don't cut to you there and you cut to us so that it looks weird uh, you know, I'd obviously cut to me to make myself <laughs> look good in this situation because I have that control. You know, it actually doesn't matter where you cut to because no one watches the YouTube. That's true. So <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, guys, some ADHD content here. I love it uh, because uh, I knew that Brian would love this. Um, this is uh, this is actually kind of interesting. Um, so have you guys are you guys familiar with uh, with the with hoarding yes you guys know anyone who's like a i mean so i i will say this when it comes to hoarding you have like i I do look at it kind of like a spectrum you have the people who are like somewhat like pretty unfortunately featured on like that a and e show because it's really just a spectacle and a fucking like just just making a sort of like laugh at um people are really sick yeah um So like, I don't actually, I don't know anyone to that degree. I think that's like as far as you can go on the spectrum. Uh, If that's 10, I know some eights. Yeah. So like this would be a 10, right? Like right here. All right. Have a look. This is is another quarter house. That's a 10. See there are beer bottles. Oh my God. Okay. As far as the eye can see. It's just like my 10 got got more 10 than, so like I I said, I know an eight. Yeah. After seeing this video, I I would say that their eights are sixes. Sorry. So, so if this was a 10, your, what you originally said is now a six. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I was going to say like a 10, an eight is, that's pretty bad. I think my parents are probably like a three. Yeah. Right. Like a, and you're saying three is like still kind of bad. No, three being like, 
three being like on a scale of one no, to three, <laughs> three being no consequences. There's no consequences to what you're doing. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just disorganization. Let's think of all the people that we know that would be like, you know, somewhere on the scale. Like, Rich O'Coin is a, is a low key. He's got hoarder tendencies. I would say Rich is probably about a, th- uh, I would say Rich is probably about a three or a four. I lived with Rich. But I've only I've only been in Rich's house a few times. Yeah. But Rich But, but it looks organized. Yeah, he it can tie like, he can tidy real well. Yeah. But he doesn't like to let go of things, that's for sure. But it's also like he's got a lot of like interesting things. Yeah. So I would say Rich is less of a hoarder, more of a collector. But yes, right. maybe when does that when does that line <laughs> Yeah, and I think when that, does that line blur and then when do you shift? That's right. And 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 Rich, I love you. But I think that line, like that line's bl- a little blurry, sometimes. So okay, so Although I will congratulate you, Rich. Last time I came over to your house, you, I, I walked in and I said, like, "God damn, it looks really fucking tidy in so here." At and, the, uh, so good job, buddy. Are you saying that at the core of what makes a hoarder a hoarder is the fact that they can't? Do you think it's rooted in this idea that they can't give up things, like they can't yeah, let go I mean, of things? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the it is the maybe not so much the inability but it is the it is the very strong uh sense of of struggle with with letting go or throwing away or getting rid of things that like really have no place or need to be held on to so right? where does adhd come into this well so this is so so i what i was going to how i wanted to start this off was if you so let's say that you were a hoarder what do you think what do you think hoarders um, what do you think is like comorbid with a hoarder? Like, what do you think typically people with, with, uh, with who have, who have like tendencies to hoard? What do you think is the mental illness that kind of ties into that? Um, the phobia of, um, the, uh, the, the, the commonly misunderstood leaving the house phobia, but it's not that. Agoraphobia. Agoraphobia. Phobia. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't no. see the connection there, but, but I, but good try. It's a, a weird version that might not seem intuitive, but OCD. Hmm. Yeah, so OCD is is what I think most people typically think is related to hoarding. Well, because in in a weird way, because a lot of people know OCD is like as like, and you refer to somebody who's overly tidy sometimes as having mm-hmm. OCD. Um, I think of OCD and hoarding in the sense that you. Um, feel so deep within you that you might need something or that you can't give up something because yeah. it has a purpose or or it's not even necessarily a use, but like a purpose to you. Yeah. It's meaningful in some way that you can't let go of it. That's right. The, the NHS lists severe depression, um, psychotic disorders such as schizophrenia yeah. and OCD as, yeah. as like highly correlated. Yeah. Um, conditions. So there's a new study that just came out that uh, gives a strong connection found between ADHD and hoarding, which is, uh, from what I could gather here, uh, was not really well known. Um, Also, I will say a lot of today's episode is very uh, psychological heavy. A lot of sigh today. You know what I'm saying? I do. Um, So a recent study has uncovered significant findings regarding the relationship between attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and hoarding disorder. A study published in the Journal of Psychiatric Research found that individuals with ADHD have a markedly higher prevalence of hoarding symptoms compared to those with OCD or and healthy individuals. Do you identify with that? Um, oh, not dude. really. Not really, no. Ryan's car. 
<laughs> well, I have a photo here. No, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, Brian's car. Brian Brian drives a garbage truck, but it's it. Well, at the time, it was disguised as a, a Jetta. Um, but yeah. uh, on the but, outside, it looks like a Mazda um, CX five, and on the inside, it looks like a, yes, that a, was a, a truck that the city would drive to pick up all the garbage around the city. My right. my my car now isn't isn't messy. My Jetta was was messy. Dude, I, feel was, like uh, I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job at, it was, at becoming it, uh, neater. I think you're right, Brian. And and I will say this: yeah. it was so messy yeah. that you got angry at me when I started yeah. to take a video to document the evidence. Well, mainly because I don't think that that's nice. <laughs> you know, I I think that is like it's like something that somebody personally feels right. ashamed of, and then you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna post this well, about okay. you online. Well, but here's how you, you can tell it's a really it's a, it's actually a problem is because <laughs> we make so much fun of each other and we're so used That's to it. us making yes, fun dude, of each other you. that when that when it actually touches a nerve you go, "Oh, this is actually something." <laughs> yeah, so so I will say this, I think that there I think <laughs> you're right that it that it isn't nice, but I will also say that oftentimes No, funny, I don't think often, you shamed me in cleaning oftentimes, my car. <laughs> oftentimes the funniest things are are usually not very nice. So, yeah. um, the motivation for this research stemmed from the complex and somewhat misunderstood nature of hoarding disorder, traditionally considered a subtype of OCD, hoarding disorder has been recognized as a distinct psychiatric condition since 2013. Um, it is characterized by an ongoing difficulty in disregarding possessions regardless of their actual value, leading to cluttered and unmanageable living spaces, which can lead to, you know, at sometimes can lead to death, right? Uh, very, very like dangerous living it's funny because i also um it's not funny but i always say that it's funny because um the thing that i think of is is we we talk a lot about how um <clears throat> mental illness or or even um your mental health is on a spectrum and for me i i can identify a lot of uh aspects of my life where I feel like I could, if, if things got a little bit more intense, it could lean into the OCD tendency territory. And, dude, um, and like, like one aspect of that. Up, <laughs> turn up, right? Seriously, dude. Seriously, like, dude. Whatever the fuck you got going on, dude, fucking you're medicated, <laughs> not medicated, dude. Like, I love that. Turn up. Uh, so like one aspect of that for me is, and, and you guys know this about like, uh, if I'm working on a video or a design or something, the idea that I can't let it go until I get to a certain level of perfectionism yeah. with it. And then and you hoard, you basically in those moments, you're hoarding pee in your pants and poop in your pants. <laughs> I am. Because you just refuse to go. Yeah. A lot of those things. You're actually, and, you don't do that, but you actually do hoard pee in your bladder. Yeah, I do. Like actually. You, you, yeah. you, you, you turn into, it's so fascinating. You turn into like an eight year old who like just doesn't <laughs> want to stop play. And you start, you start wiggling and you start like pacing and, and it's like, like, you know, the amount of times where I've said or stopped myself from saying, Brian, do you need to pee? <laughs> it's fucking crazy. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, <laughs> I guess that's pretty that that maybe the line is blurry of yeah, like whether yeah. or not I have yeah. this mental. I don't want to turn say up, illness. dude. Turn it's up. a it's a uh, neuro. I'm not I'm neurodivergent. <laughs> OK, um, so yeah. let's uh, just rename it with more <laughs> syllables <laughs> to say the same thing. So hoarding uh, <laughs> generally is an underdiagnosed disorder um, in the po general population. And many patients with ADHD complain about their hoarding symptoms in clinical practice, um, says the the uh, the study's author, uh, Giacomo Grassi, uh, a, a psychiatrist at Bri Brain Center uh, Firenze in Italy. Uh, however, it's uh, only a few studies investigated the presence of hoarding symptoms in ADHD subjects. Thus, the aim of the study was to assess the prevalence of hoarding disorder uh, 
on adults with ADHD. And so the, the second aim was to compare the prevalence between ADHD patients and OCD patients. So out of the study, which involved, it was a very small group, okay? So, t- you know, take that as you will. There was 157 adults, 57 with ADHD, 50 with OCD, and 50 controls. Uh, the results were actually kind of like, kind of staggering. So the researchers found that adults with ADHD had a 32.1% prevalence of hoarding disorder, comorbidity, which was significantly higher than the 8% in the OCD patients. And then, of course, 4% in the healthy controls. Mm. Um, in terms of specific hoarding symptoms, ADHD individuals scored significantly higher than both OCD and healthy controls. Uh, interestingly, no significant difference was found in hoarding symptoms between medicated and non-medicated patients within the ADHD or the OCD groups. Further, the study highlighted that the ADHD group, uh, those with hoarding disorder comorbidity, exhibited more severe ADHD symptoms and higher impulsivity scores. I wonder how much one of my, my, my first question about this is, and this might be a little bit hard to frame, but I wonder how much hoarding negatively impacts those people in the sense that um, as a person with ADHD, I know that I can allow my place. I usually a lot now like a Sunday afternoon to like do a good clean, deep clean of my mm-hmm. house. Um, but I know that in the time from the time that I clean the house until the following week, from Monday to to Sunday, it morning. can get pretty trashy, yeah. pretty yeah. pretty messy. Yeah, kind of like the um, back of your Jetta. But it's but it's like an organized chaos. Like I know Ooh. where everything is. Yeah, it's like it's it's to to you guys it would look messy. So but let me, I let me, know where things are, <laughs> and it doesn't bother me. Right. Let me it, ask this though: when you do have when you do go from from organized chaos to to tidy and clean. I know you're going to ask. I feel better. Right. Yeah. You feel yeah. almost cl- clear, right? It's so crazy how that happens. Right. I totally. mean, I'm nowhere near that, and I feel a significant yeah. increase. Yeah. Totally. But I wonder, you know, for somebody who has OCD, um, and maybe this is maybe this is an assumption, and maybe this is a stereotype, but I would guess that it takes up more of their brain energy thinking about the hoarding either positively or negatively. So like positively in the sense that yeah, like, like they feel an attachment to things that so they want to keep in there or negatively in the sense that they feel overwhelmed by the mess that is there. Mm. I wonder if that's true more so for people with OCD comparatively to people with ADHD mm. or the control mm-hmm. group. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you have a diagnosis of OCD or ADHD and the, you know, the hoarding thing, somewhat speaks to your experience come on over to our discord links in the show notes and let's have a conversation about it because i'd be very curious to know about this i mean that i've I've never thought of myself as a hoarder i and i don't i still don't um i actually i actually love fucking throwing out everything um uh yeah so so i would be very curious to hear other people's experience because uh, this is it. I just found this to be really fascinating. I mean, living in small spaces is a great way Fucking, to, yeah. to like really, I mean, it took, I live in a small space. You live in an even smaller space. Yeah. I, when we I had, also a, when we had, space. when we had a kid, I was like, crazy. Throw, throw the kid out. We don't have room for it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. No, no room yeah. for the kid. But even with a kid, we have managed to like, yeah, to, to not feel overwhelmed with like, having stuff. Yeah. That was probably the best thing about me having uh that Volkswagen camper van 
was being on the road in that and traveling for a few months. Way like, more space than the Jetta to carry trash. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. But it, it was crazy Comparatively, how much way you, less trashy with the same amount of trash. It was, it was, right. it was wild to yeah. see like how little you actually needed on a day-to-day yeah. basis oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, to yeah. survive and yeah. enjoy your life. Yeah. I mean, I, be, I, I don't live in a tiny home, but I, if my home was isolated on its own property i would live in a tiny home yeah, you yeah. Know? and it's it like would be. tiny How home many living feet is is it your place uh, 498 yeah so yeah you're probably like yeah you're right on the right on the cusp, right on the cusp. i mean i don't know what the fucking standards are for a tiny uh, home. yeah i don't know probably 350 or something like anyway that. let's uh let's move right along here um i feel like we're not doing well in our uh, progress <laughs> and no we're gonna have to cut topics. we're gonna have to cut something uh so so we'll move right along to some uh some game of thrones talk uh, uh, do you guys remember reboot to series reboot? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah. We're just gonna just gonna talk about our favorite characters of Game of Thrones. Actually, we are gonna talk about our favorite characters of Game of Thrones. So, um, uh, this is also a little psychological uh, psychological study that was done, and uh, and I find this one to be very interesting too. I find the psych psych stuff to be so fascinating. So, when fiction feels real, scientists discover that lonely brains can't differentiate between fictional characters and real life friends. Huh. Really? So a recent study discovered that for individuals who often feel lonely, which I think is probably, uh, you know, we're probably, I, I, I say probably, we are seeing a massive spike and in increase in people feeling lonely, especially since the pandemic, but even prior to that. Um, so this is, you know, this might speak to some of the people listening to this podcast. Um, individuals who often feel lonely, the distinction between actual friends and beloved fictional characters gets blurred in the part of the brain that is active when thinking about others, a wow, new study finds. That's very interesting. <laughs> so the study involved brain scans of Game of Thrones enthusiasts as they reflected on different characters from the series and their real-life friends. Prior to the study, all participants had undergone a loneliness assessment. The difference between those who scored highest on loneliness and those who scored lowest was stark, said... <laughs> See what I, they did there? I do get it. Yeah. Um, do. Brian Dylan Wagner get does that. get it. Yeah. Uh, okay. The co-author of the study and associate professor at, of psychology at the Ohio State University. He said, quote, there were clear boundaries between where real and fictional characters were represented in the brains of at least uh, of at least of the least lonely patient a participant in our study. Sorry. But the boundaries between real and some fictional people were nearly non-existent for the loneliest participant. The results suggest that lonelier people may be thinking of their favorite fictional characters in the same way they would real friends, Wagner said. Mm. Wagner conducted the study at Timothy Broom, uh, sorry, with Timothy Broom, a PhD graduate of Ohio State, who is now a postdoc researcher at Columbia, and it was published in the Journal of Cerebral Cortex. God, I love the journal names. So data for the study was collected in 2017 during the seventh season of HBO's Game of Thrones. And the study involved scanning the brains of 19 self-described fans of the series while they thought about themselves, thought about nine other friends, and uh, nine characters from the series. Now, the characters they were using were Braun, Caitlin Stark, Cersei Lannister, Davos Seaworth, Jamie Lannister, John Snow. Oh, I was waiting for the uh, you're the, the Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean it, it just because of it. what are you doing, step bro? Oh, bro. Peter Baelish, <laughs> uh, Sandor Clegane, and Egret. 
Now, participants reported which Game of Thrones characters they felt closest to and liked the most. Now, when I read this this morning, when I was prepping this, I thought to myself, hmm, I would be interested to know not only, not, I wouldn't be interested to know which character you guys felt closest to, but I'd be interested to know which character you guys would be. So I did, uh, which Game of Thrones character are you? And I answered, I only did it once because it literally took me 20 minutes. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that for all of us. And I did it for Taylor. I started with Taylor. That's good. So we ended, so, because I haven't seen Game of Thrones, so I'd, I wouldn't know. You know what? Shame. <laughs> Shame. And you don't get Shame. it. You don't get it. Shame. You don't get it, and you don't get it. I don't. I don't. Shame. How should I feel about this? Should I feel shame? Yeah, you should take all your fucking clothes yeah. off, yeah. and we should walk you down you know Spring Garden. We cool should just have people shame. start throwing tomatoes. The at cool me. thing, yeah. the thing that makes me feel good about this is that I don't think of fake people as my real friends, like you guys probably do. <laughs> all right. Well, um, hey, so Brian, that was so, incredibly so I guess this is going to be really hard because I was going to ask you which character you think Taylor would be, and now the whole uh, bit's Peter ruined. Dinklage character. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. Uh, which character do you think you would be if you took the test? I answered for you, so just think about it. I mean, uh, from a from from a visual standpoint, I guess no, no, I would no, no, be, no, 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 uh, no. Has nothing name? to do with visual. No, sorry. Um, it's who you are, who I am at your core. Think of your core values in life. Uh, in three, man, I don't know. Two, That's really hard for one. Me. All right, so we got Jeffrey Baratheon. And and Shut I didn't. And here's the thing: I didn't. I didn't say this. Isn't that the guy this who is, had sex with his sister? Uh, no, no, that's the child that came from. Uh, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, this is uh, probably universally the most hated character on the show. Yeah. So it was really interesting. I tried to answer the questions as like because I know you pretty well. I mean, we've been friends for a number of years now. What were the questions and, like? Uh, yeah. They were like, you know, what what's 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 most value? What do you find of most value in your life? And it was things like, um, you know like honor or, um, uh, you know, uh, uh Bi biking, like, like, like a quiet, like, like solitude. And then the other, the other one was just like money and thrones. And I was like, well, that, I mean, it's just money, obviously. And then the other one was like, if someone falls in the street, what do you do? And it was just like, leave them alone. Like, just, just walk, just walk away. And, and I was like, well, it's obviously like Taylor would be like, it's not his problem. Um, so, like, I just kind of went through it, and then it just spit out that, which, like, fucking crazy. And if you look, if you, look, if you actually look at this photo here, they do look similar. Um, yeah. There's like, there's a, there's a, there's a Shame. beadiness to the eyes. This reminds me of that la the line in the uh, in the Bo Burnham episode where he's like, Shame. "Which Power Ranger are you? Shame. Take this quirky quiz." <laughs> All right, so so um, back to the study. So for the study, the participants' brains were scanned in an fMRI machine while they evaluated themselves, friends, and Game of Thrones characters. Um, the researchers were particularly interested in what was happening in a part of the brain called the medial prefrontal cortex, the MPFC, um, not to be confused with, uh, MXC, which is one of the best television shows that was <laughs> ever, ever fucking of all time, which wouldn't, uh, wouldn't swing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work today. I think that show would be uh, canceled. Pretty I've, I feel like it would work. Oh no. You got to listen. It's not what you're watching. It's what you're hearing. <laughs> That's Probably actually, true, actually. I, can, I, I can only, yeah, I can't really. Highly offensive. I can't really. Very unpeaceful. <laughs> I can't really, I can't really remember exactly what they were saying. Super. I remember the style and like, I can, I can, I can hear it, but I can't hear the actual When we're words. done here, I'll pull up some clips. 
Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts uh so so they they found this they they were looking at the the mpfc the medial prefrontal cortex which shows increased activity when people think about themselves or other people and while in the fmri machine participants were shown a series of names sometimes themselves sometimes one of their nine friends very specific nine friends um and uh, other times one of the nine characters from the game of thrones and each name appeared above trait like sad trustworthy or smart Participants simply responded yes or no to whether the trait accurately described the person, while the researchers simultaneously measured activity in the MPFC portion of their brains. So the researchers compared results from when participants were thinking about their friends to when they were thinking about the characters from the show. And they said, when we analyze brain patterns in the MPFC, real people were represented very distinctly from fictional people in the non-lonely participants. So the brain's literally lighting up where, where, where they see a, a fictional character and their brain goes, you know, reacts this way. And then when they see their friend or themselves, they react this way. But among the lonelier people, the boundary starts to break down. You don't see stark lines between the two groups. So the brain just reacts one way, seeing the two. That's kind of, I mean, that's sad in the sense that it almost because they're also asking the lonely people about their friends. And so if they connect or their brain is sort of firing in the same way that it does about fictional characters when they're thinking about their friends and they've identified as being lonely, do you think that that means that that's a result of a a sort of disconnect with their friends or not necessarily that they think the same way about the fictional character as they do about their friends, but that the way that they view friends is just like fundamentally not the same as somebody who has close friends. Right. So I, so, so when I first read this, I, I I think my initial thought really quickly was like, Oh, that's, that's sad. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, actually, I, I don't think it's sad. I don't think it's, I don't think it's not sad, but I, I also don't think it's necessarily sad. And, the reason for that is because there's, I, I would be curious to know if this isn't just necessarily tied to loneliness. And, 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 and I, would, I would be wondering to know if, if they did the same study and they took people who had, um, who like scored higher on a test of like imagination. Yeah. Was, right. Someone who yeah. has like, like a, a more robust imagination. So someone who's more like right brain heavy than they are left brain. Because, sure, may, you know, tied to loneliness, of course, this makes sense that you see a fictional character, you don't have a lot of like, maybe you don't have a lot of friends, you don't have much social interaction. And so, but you're getting these like, um, you're, you're getting these emotions and these connections and these feelings of closeness in characters that you see because you're watching these characters' lives unfold. You're seeing them go through ups and downs and hardships, just like you do with your friends when, you're, when you have like, you know, groups of people around you it's probably just an innate human thing that we need to have in order to stay sane or whatever. But if you took someone with really high imagination, someone who's like really right brain heavy, maybe they have a very similar thing. It's like, 
you know, it's like when you have you ever watched a movie with someone who very easily can just start bawling their eyes out at watching this film? Mm-hmm. And then and then you're maybe you yourself or somebody else, you know, just has like, oh, I've never cried watching a film in my life. Is there a similar thing happening there? Like it, it feels like maybe it's tied in somehow. Yeah. Which I again, I come back to that thought of like, I don't think it's sad. But is that tied into loneliness? Like the ability to be creative in that sense? Like, no, is I, that- I, I mean, I don't like I. I, I'm not sure if this is like imagination specifically. I wonder because like you might be maybe being lonely and being on your own cultivates a more, more imaginative sure, brain. Maybe, but, the, but I, I wouldn't not say in a bad way either. Right. But, but I, w- but I also wouldn't say that that's the only way that you cultivate an imaginative brain. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, there's, there's, there's like thousands of fucking the things cool that thing. happen a, 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 throughout your childhood that, <laughs> and genetics that yeah. lead to, you know, how, wherever you lay on that. I think the thing spectrum. that makes, that that feels really cool and exciting about this is that um, knowing that we host a podcast that people can listen to, you know, three days a week is that there's probably somebody who maybe feels lonely and is listening to this mm-hmm. who feels like we are right. their friends. But this is, but that's, but, but that's even different from this because we are not fictional characters. And, and actually the people who listen to this podcast, if, it, it, let's say, let, let you know, let's use Stina, for example, someone who I know has been listening or, or Mel from from down in Salem, uh, down in Massachusetts. Like Mel's been listening to this since like the beginning of the show. Mel has been along for the ride of Taylor, you know, having his first child. Mel's been along for the ride of me receiving this life-changing medication. Mel's been along for the ride of you coming to realize that you suffer from ADHD. Mel, like Mel is is entrenched in our lives simply by listening to the show and we are not fictional characters there's a word for that which is um fuck what is the word for when you it's like a it's like a friend a one-sided friendship um uh that speak to yourself with mel i i want i hung out with mel in person in salem so uh right so like that's not a one side. Oh, yeah, I mean Mel's like, probably we're... not the best example, the, the the greatest example, but like somebody similar to Mel that we've never talked to. Yeah, uh, who's, the, there's who's a been listening for, that, for a long uh, time, but we've never um, interacted with. But is it? I know that you're. I understand what you're saying about us not being. Fictional and I don't mean characters. that it's one sided friendship. And, because and like, I know that you know, we we again like you said yeah. we speak Mel, we know Mel, we, I know we love I, Mel. I know that we're we're not fictional characters, but there's in a, a, a in a sense our. Like we're real humans, but to to some people who just listen to the show, who only see see us or know us through the lens of this uh, podcast, yeah, absolutely, we're we're in a sense similar to fictional characters. Yeah, yeah sort of. I, I I don't know. I do think it's different. I mean, the, so so the one thing I will say when I read this, I immediately related to this, not from fictional characters in shows because I've never really had that sense. But I've definitely related to this from fictional characters in video games. And I think that's probably because you are in control, right? Like Baldur's Gate, my character that I made in Baldur's Gate. I mean, dude, like, I mean, also, I was addicted to the game and going through a bit of a mental health crisis at the time. But regardless (laughs) of that, and that was my vice, that was my, my addiction. Regardless of that, there was a deep connection with this character that I was developing through this thing. And, and I think you guys could probably relate. Like even playing Game of Th- or, or um, uh, God of War, right? Like when you're when yeah. you are that character or, or you, you know, you, you know, 
the the sun. It's like, oh, dude, there's those a, are the best games. I yeah, mean, like, I yeah. I mean, I just find I just find video games are just books. Yeah, I mean, like, really good story video games are just books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like, like you feel like, from, which you feel like uh, from, from Red Dead Redemption. It's like holy shit. Yeah, I fucking, mean, you feel like that when you yeah. read a book. You what feel. It, I remember reading Martin the Warrior, and like when Martin died in Martin the Warrior, and I was like, however old oh, I was, like spoiler old. alert, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was devastated. Yeah, Redwall is yeah. amazing. Like, and and. Yeah, I, I I am as we like talk more about this, I'm kind of uh yeah. At first I was like, Oh yeah, that's that's like a that's like a way to cope with being lonely is like forging a relationship in quotes with with somebody who you don't actually have a relationship with, but you sort of create the idea that you might have a relationship with them on on some level. But um but the more I think about it, the more I go Everybody does this. Yeah, think to- about how, totally. Think yeah. about what this means for AI, though, and AI companions. And they just took lonely people and proved that they. In the do sense it that that's another great example. Like now, yeah. now you can, you know, like a pie. lot of people Dude, say pie. Like well, I still use pie, and it's of, fucking awesome. Like I feel like there's a, I got a buddy there. A lot yeah. of people feel like that is it's unhealthy. I don't too, think so, and I, I don't think so either. Especially, and look, I understand that if if you have the capacity to go out and meet new people and mm-hmm. and you know, the desire to go and meet new people in the flesh. Amazing. Like yeah. go and I think and do it that. can be unhealthy. Like, like yes. it, it's not yes. necessarily, it just is unhealthy. Like these people who are lonely and they feel like they, I mean, if they feel like they are really good friends with Jeffrey Baratheon, yes, unhealthy fucking fix that. Um, um, but, but like <laughs> hey now. it, there's, there's, I don't think there's anything unhealthy about their brains working that way. I think mm. it becomes unhealthy if it starts to affect the way that they go about their day to day, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not going to say what that may or may not be, um, because I don't think I've thought about it enough. And also I just don't want to say anything. That my friends <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it can be unhealthy, but I don't think it's necessarily unhealthy. Yeah. And, and I think it's actually, it can be looked at as a, you know, a fucking saving grace. It's like, if you are that lonely, and you're having that much of a hard time. Well, God, thank, thank fuck you. You at least have the ability to create some sort of connection with something that's fictional, you know? Mm. Cause if you didn't have that, I don't know. The, the alternative might be a lot darker. It's interesting. I like, it makes me think we, uh, I mean, there's, they were saying that we're, we're, we're in this like uh, pandemic of loneliness <laughs> and yeah. you know, you have countries that are, that are uh, designated ministers of loneliness, like mm-hmm, Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes me wonder: is is the the downside to having a lonely society, or or uh, for people to being lonely, is a downside that there's a lack of connection with other human beings? Is it that it negatively affects your your general health when you're lonely like what is because because thinking of this it's like almost like in the cases where people are lonely it's almost like it's hopeful in the sense that like our brains are able to like build connection in other ways Mm -hmm. and sort of account for that 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 loss in connection in that sense I think you're kind of like, sugarcoating the idea of loneliness. I think the loneliness is it is, is a problem. So is it, is that's it, what I'm, is, at, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sugarcoating. I'm, I'm asking the question. I'm like, what is the cost of that other Suicide than this? Yeah. rates, no, skyrocketing? That's a result. But like, what is the impact that leads to that? Is it 
like negative mental health outcomes. Is I think it- it's that when you do not have external sources to draw from to build scaffolding around all of the mental processes that we that we have in our brains about how to communicate, how to think, how to communicate, how to go about performing performing any performing any function that we do yeah. we don't just build those in silos yeah. and when we build them in silos they're often deeply flawed the yeah. thing that's really striking to me though is that in a world where we are more connected than ever we are also more lonely than ever yeah cuz we're not like Absolutely. we think yeah. we are because social media connects us but actually social media Conne- i mean connected to like from a technical perspective not like a that's emotional what I mean. perspective technology yeah. technology does not equate connection I mean, Kyle, it, we think that it does, but actually it, 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 I mean, I think, I think it's pretty safe to say, and, and that there's like lots of fucking research out there to say that the, the advent of social media, this thing that we think or th- can, th- can easily think of a way to connect us deeper has completely driven us so far apart. And Kyle and I were having the conversation, um, a few weeks ago about <clears throat> how if you go out to, if you go out to, um, uh, like the Larry Utech sort of suburban sprawl area in Halifax, you know, that's like, that is not a place that I want to live, but it has kids running around yeah. doing things that we did when we were kids. Yeah. And we grew up in a suburb. Yeah. And vandalizing. Yeah. You know, like burning, burning ants. things. Yeah. And, and even though, we don't have any plan to go and live there. I now see now that I have a kid, I go, Hmm. Okay. This is like starting to make more sense to my brain. Why places like this exist. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're, they're just really not places for when Kyle and I didn't have kids. Like they're not built for that person or those people. And now if you keep Zaya here in the city, you know, instead of going out and playing with neighborhood kids, she's just going to play with like stray cats. Right. Yeah. And she's going to become like a fuck, a fucking hoarder who loves game of Thrones. But then we're moving, but then we're moving like we're moving next year. We're moving in the summer. We're moving in the summer and I'm going and I'm, and and cause we're thinking about that is like, is that the middle ground where there is that connection that, that, that she can still make in real life that she, that she can go outside and, and have an experience with people and yeah, have um, that connection. Lower Sackle would be a great option. You should think about it. It would, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, we, we, Bri, you got to go in uh, eight minutes. <laughs> so we'll bang out what the hell real quick. In 1980, Edwin Robinson was struck by lightning. And what occurred after that was a miracle. He didn't die. <laughs> okay. These are always so silly. This one's, <laughs> this, this is, Just this crazy. is wild. 1980, all right, uh, for nine years, Edwin Robinson was blind from a truck accident on an icy overpass. Uh, this is an old story, okay? Like this when he a, got, the truck got hit by lightning. Uh, no, 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 wait, no, no. He just got in an accident. When we blind. can already oh, tell what's oh, going to happen oh, here. okay, yeah. yes. He was right. blind. Um, now he's not. And so, uh, but last Wednesday, he says he was Boiling. in his Falmouth um, ME, uh, Maine, Missouri? Maine? No, uh, Maine? 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 ME? Is Maine ME? ME would be... Yeah, Miss- Massachusetts. M- M- no, no, M A is Massachusetts. I'm sure it's Maine. M I would be Missouri. Let's do M E State, Maine. Uh, so he was in his Maine backyard 
clucking for his pet chicken. This is what the this is what uh, you do. To his secondary backyard. backyard. This is what right. you do in 1980. You cluck at your pet chicken. He said, "Quote: She follows me around just like a dog." And when he walked under a poplar tree and was struck by lightning, he said, "It was like somebody cracked a whip over my head." He says, "I fell right to the ground, face forward." When he came to. He was very confused. He walked into the house for a 20-minute nap, and upon awaking, felt like rubber. And then he says he saw. Seesaw, he says. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He And then struck- he says he no, no, no. saw. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> he Seesaw, got hit he by says, lightning. is he what I hit- said. He got hit by lightning, and he was like, oh, fuck, and walked inside and was like, take a nap. Did he, did he realize that he was struck by lightning? Well, I don't know. I've never been struck by lightning, but I could imagine it would fuck you up for a bit. Right. You probably, yeah. It's like, it's, you know, we watched a guy uh, over the weekend uh, almost lose his life in the UFC, uh, Bryce like he Mitchell. He looked struck by lightning. And he looked yeah, like he yeah. got struck by lightning. And you know what he said in an, uh, on, on, on Instagram uh, today or yesterday? He doesn't even remember walking into the ring. Oh, wow. So probably a little confused. And the guy went for a nap, woke up, and then he says he saw. <laughs> Seesaw, he says. What did he say? What did he? So he said it it was in the front room where he'd stopped on the couch before heading into the kitchen to eat a sandwich with his wife. I was sitting there, he says, he saw. And I said to her, he says, do you know I can see that plaque on the wall? It was one our grandchildren had made. And not only that, I told her, I can read it. So she said, he says, can you see the clock on the wall? And I said, it's five. That was June 4th. On June 5th, after a 40-minute visit with his doctor who pronounced his vision uh, 25 in the left eye and 20 to 30 in the right, Edwin Robinson, former truck driver, came home to his gray frame house in Edwin Robinson, or as Edwin Robinson, modern miracle and media event. And subject of medical controversy, Robinson's story via news networks and newspapers from all around the world, including Japan, uh, made for some highly skeptical doctors. Quote, there's something very, very screwy about, screwy about this case, says a neuro-ophthalmologist with the uh, Wilmer Eye Institute at Johns Hopkins Hospital. This is back in the 80s, all of this. I can't believe uh, they're oh, confused. Oh. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. He just got a boost. He oh, just needed I to thought be boosted. That, I thought he got in the accident in 1980 and had been blind no, for like no, no, 40 no, years. No, the guy, no, blind the guy got in an accident years, nine years. in like yeah. 1970. Two. Okay. He was he, and then in for nine yeah. years. He was blind. He walked out <clears throat> to his yard, clucking okay. at his chicken. Right. Got, got struck by lightning. Went for a nap. Woke I mean, I, up. I, I and got he all that. Says he it was really saw. just. It was really just the. <laughs> but the, the crazy thing is that he just went in and had a nap, and and his wife was home, and nobody was like, "You've been struck by lightning." I feel like if I got struck by lightning, I'd go and be like, "Holy shit! I just got." Struck by lightning, unless and then people were, would be like, "Unless you were struck Whoa. by lightning alone, and you were so fucked that you didn't realize That's that you right. were struck by lightning, you yeah. had no idea how to communicate that you were struck by lightning, which would probably yeah. be the case if you were struck but by lightning." I imagine lightning. his wife. So Brian, your whole at home pre- your whole premise for your totally rational, I can see everything clearly situation. I do, uh, I do is really not what's you, going on. Do you think the wife was out for the twenty minutes that he had the nap, or do you think she was at home? You know what? I don't know, Brian. Is your have you? I don't know. Are you medicated today? Were you fucking like, struck by lightning? What's this going morning? on, dude? I'm just, I'm just wondering. It seems confusing to me that I don't think I've ever heard you so concerned with such a relevant detail that he got struck by lightning 
and then you just you went know, for funny a nap. It was the opposite of that. He was uh, he was unblinded by the light. Right. Um, so let me just finish this so we can get through this because you've got to go, Bri. Yeah, um, a minute. And I, I I do have a point to this, uh, which you're actually helping me. You're helping with my point. Here. Of so, course. So I the am. neuro-ophthalmologist was like, "Well, this is fucked up." In my opinion, from what I've read, it's really not physiologic, physiologic, physiologically possible to be blind from a brain lesion, and then all of a sudden, after all those years, get your vision back. The odds of that are uh, of this is probably hysterical, and that this guy, for one reason or another, decided he wanted to see again. Uh, oh, so Malvin's his head. Malvin, that, that's what a, that's a neuro-ophthalmologist said that. What's Malvin the, uh, Crin, a Washington that? ophthalmologist and attending physician at George Washington University Medical Center, said, now a guy comes along with, uh, and nine years later, he has electroshock therapy, so to speak. Well, how do you explain it? You have to assume that it, it was some sort of contusion or concussion to the optic nerve. Now, to understand how the electroshock re-stimulated things to start functioning again, I don't know. I just want to say the reason why I'm concerned with the details is because the story to me on the surface doesn't add up. And it seems like it doesn't add up to a lot of doctors, too. Right. So, here's well, yeah, I don't think that the doctors were concerned about where the wife was, actually. I yeah. think they're concerned about the story in general, though. Hmm, this doesn't make sense. So here's my point. So, uh, so either way, uh, people then started saying, oh, he did it to try to make money. And Mrs. Robinson's wife said, we never earned any money, uh, although we did earn $100 plus expenses to appear on a television show. And uh, Robinson says his vision remains 2020 plus and his hearing is fine. And he's actually glad that he went out into the yard during the storm. Now, my whole point to this is this. We've heard on this show quite a number of times of doctors just going, you're crazy. It's in your head. We don't believe you. And that all, that all boils down to the, I think, the, one of the problems with the way that we view science I think, I think a lot of us have been trained as a society to view science from this dogmatic perspective. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't add up from a scientific perspective, it's not fucking possible. And I think that that actually leads to quite a few problems. And th those problems trickle down. And those problems do actually trickle down to situations like we found with guests on the show who have said, yeah, the doctor just told me it was all in my head because it doesn't make sense. And it, there's no way that this could be autoimmune because yada, yada, whatever. And then it turns out that I actually have lupus and I almost died. What, 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 like, to which, know, and I think it was in our conversation with Keith Meldrum, I believe, about chronic pain, we were like, we were like, okay, cool. So it's all in my head. So can you try to help me fix what's going on in my right, head? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know it's what like, I mean? Oh, like, if that's the case, well, there's something still wrong. Yeah, so, like, exactly. This doesn't fucking it's fix like, anything. It's like right? if it is all in your head, yeah. yeah. Then let's try that. to fix the yeah. thing that's in my yeah. head that's making me blind or making me whatever. And so the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I would love for us to start to see a bit of an evolution in the way that we think about reacting to what other people express they have experienced. Because I think really quickly, I mean, you just did it right there, right? Which is You're like, the which is like, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. if he says he saw, he saw. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's well, what I'm saying. It's yeah, like changing your tune. Now. It's like, if this, you know, if this, let's say, I'm this, not changing my tune. Let's Guys, say this man, I wasn't actually, accusing him. I was asking for clarification sure, 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 and sure. understanding. But here's my right. point. Here's my point. Yeah. Let's say someone says that they experienced something and, and to them, regardless of whether it fucking happened or not, but to them, they, they, they are 100% sure they experienced this thing, like this guy. 
And the reaction that he gets from doesn't matter who it is, his family, his friends, fucking complete strangers, the, you know, the professionals from whatever, all of them tell him, no, you're crazy. Don't you think that would have far more of an impact on that person than, than just allowing the space to go, yeah, maybe that happened? I, I don't know. I think it's incredibly nuanced in the sense that like, if he's then going, you should go and get struck by lightning so that you can see again, then like, then that's not going to be helpful. And I'm saying that right, in the but sense he that he didn't so, no, <laughs> like no, if he I'm, did. Yeah, sure. That's I'm a saying, problem. I'm saying this from the perspective that you could also like one thing that I think that's that, that people are concerned about is people being taken advantage of in these situations. Like, like, okay, well, if you want to believe that you can be cured by going and getting a $40,000 coffee enema in Mexico, is it helpful for somebody to go, yeah, yeah, that'll definitely work. Or like somebody comes home and says, this worked for me. Why don't you go down and do it? That's not helpful for people to say, yeah, that probably did work for you. Yeah. I, so, I, so, okay. I see where you're going, but I think you're try, like, I think you're grasping for some reason to again, discount someone's experience. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just I, saying that it's nuance in that it can be nuanced in that situation. Okay, sure. But I understand the point that you're making too. The, the point that I'm making is that this type of thinking and this type of dogmatic like like view on on science, which I, like I'm not here saying that science is fucking bullshit, but I am saying that perhaps there's things that can happen and exist that are outside the paradigm of this fucking idea that we have like found ourselves to follow and believe. I mean, we are very dogmatic when it comes to science. Science is changing all the fucking time. So, like, again, I had this, I, I brought this into the show a few weeks ago that, 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 uh, that scientist, this very, like, well regarded scientist who was like, hey, I just did this really fucking crazy study about the potentials of precognition. And it's been repeated over and over and over again. And the same results continue to come out. And the science community just went, yeah, but that's not possible. So, no. It's, it's, if you look at it from like an improv perspective, it goes against the rule of yes and, right? And it's like, that's where, that's where you just kill the energy of a scene. You don't allow the scene to potentially evolve and progress into something fucking amazing. And in science, if it just seems un impossible, then you just kill the possibility of coming to a, a, a discovery that could fucking be awesome. I mean, it could just be a, it could just, be a case of um i can't remember what the name of the syndrome is but the thing where it's like you basically think your way into a disease mm -hmm. that's like very like you're actually experiencing mm -hmm. that and actually with the 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 case that we're familiar with which is the woman who lived beside you that was mm -hmm. she was it was the same not the same thing but she was she was blind she wasn't mm -hmm. actually blind Right. Like she wasn't, there wasn't actually something that was like physically. She was actually blind. She was actually blind. But there wasn't anything. She was experiencing blindness, causing, but there yeah. was no physical right. reason for her blindness. And so it wouldn't was, we want to get to the bottom it of was, that? Right. But it, there, there is a, there is a, it's a cognitive. Right. It's a cognitive uh, condition where. I can't remember what it is. What do you remember what the we, name we did it talk is? about it on the show at one point? It's like you're, you, you basically like I know it. through like, through whatever circumstance that occurs, you you are your your mind is so convinced that you are experiencing this thing yeah. that you are yeah. experiencing yeah. that thing, even though there's no physiological or physical reason right. for you to experience that. And with her case, it was also it was blindness. 
And with this guy's case, if maybe people like took it seriously and looked into it, maybe that's a maybe that's an opportunity for us to come to a point where we go, oh, we actually understand this thing to the degree where we can help someone, if that is the case, right? Where we can help someone get out of that state or whatever. Um, but instead, just going, nah, that guy's crazy. Or he's like, he's looking for attention. Mm-hmm. Which I just, again, it's like, I don't know. I think, I think if all of us just adopted a little bit more willingness to be open to the ideas of people's experiences, I think it would like, I think it would make the world a little bit of a better place. I think, I think those people should be analyzed and researched and like, it's like, oh, this person said this experience happened to them. Let's find out if that, if it is true totally. or if it's not true. Yeah. I, I totally think that. Yeah. Um, I don't think that you should prejudge a situation, um, but, and, and you shouldn't certainly form an opinion about something that you don't have the details uh, about and just assume that it is any specific way. Right. But I mean, Um, to be frank, his wife probably wouldn't have known he got struck by lightning. Right. I mean, like, let's just say, I mean, I think that (laughs) that would probably be a likely. All right. We got to, we got to wrap this up. That would certainly uh, be something I'd want to investigate. We're six minutes over time. You got to go folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said, discord links in the show notes, click on it. If you want to reach out to us, uh, letters at sickboypodcast.com I think is still the email that you can do that or yep great do that and uh, if you want to be a, a guest on the show sickboypodcast.com click on the button there's a button there it says be a guest you can do that all that stuff that's oh, awesome thanks, man. shout out to everybody who helps make this show happen which is all the people we love you all and you know who you are and we'll say that again next week and we'll actually say your names that is it for this week I'm Brian I'm Taylor and I'm Jeremy and this is Sick Boy happy holidays fuckers For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.